what I would say is we all start somewhere. We all start somewhere, just start. And, and like you, like, I hope that you receive this, but, but you, you are not, um, like powerful enough to completely mess up somebody's life. God's grace is so great and so much bigger. And you're doing this with God. You know, he said, you know, in the great commission and I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a work that you are partnering with God and the Holy spirit in, It, it is not just up to you. Like there are some days where you're like, I don't know if what I shared spiritual principles that I shared or how I leaned in. I don't know if that landed. Okay. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you that your word does not return to you empty and that it will accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it um, for good. You're listening to the city network podcast. Our mission is to grow and multiply healthy churches in the treasure Valley and beyond. Head to thecitynetwork.org for more info on our initiatives to catalyze church transformation and church planting. Here's today's podcast. Welcome to the City Network podcast. I am the host today, Josh Branham, and I am joined with our guest, Alice Matagora. Hello, everybody. It's good to be with you all. Awesome. So Alice is the author of a book called How to Save the World, Disciple Making Made Simple, Uh, I read it. It came out this year. I read it. I've been uh, recommending it. It's in our church resource area. Super helpful resource. Excited to chat about that, but just wanted to give Alice an opportunity to just share how you got into the business of disciple making, (laughs) not that it's a business, but just a little bit about your story and being discipled and your heart for discipleship in general. Well, I met the Navigators um, about 21 years ago as a sophomore transfer in Irvine. And at the time, I'd been a Christian for maybe like four years or something. I was learning, like had a lot of Bible knowledge, had a lot of knowledge about Jesus, but I didn't really know Jesus. And I think that was very evident in how I lived my life. Um, I came into college with a lot of brokenness, um, just coming out of my eating disorder treatment for anorexia was in the midst of struggling with binge eating and purging deep in depression and anxiety, just making poor choices with men, lots of, lots of credit card debt, just came into college a mess. Uh, And yet at the same time, I felt like I knew better than other people, other Christians, right? Like I know, but maybe I was a little bit like Asian, American, I'm Asian American. If you can't see me, but I'm Asian American. Um, judgy, judgy Jesus, you know, Asian American judgy Jesus, like you don't do these things, they're wrong, you know. And so I, I had knowledge about Jesus, but I wasn't being formed by Jesus. And then I joined a group called the Navigators. Uh it's a it's a international Christian ministry that focuses on disciple making and um, I, I just noticed those people were so real. They were so authentic. They were so yeah. real. They were real with their struggles. Uh, they didn't front like they didn't sin or like they were perfect or anything like that. They just loved Jesus. And I, that was really attractive. They were so simple. There wasn't like, I don't know, an air of programs or events or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They were just simple people. Um, and And the cool thing was that they each had their unique personalities still. I don't know, some of the Christian churches and groups that I've been a part of in the past, they like had their, I don't know, weird 
culture where everybody like looked the same, dressed the same and said the same right, things right. and we're kind of clones of each other. So I, I, I became, uh, so I started hanging out with this group. They're really interesting to me. And I grew a lot in my relationship with God, just through osmosis, like being around other people who are walking with Jesus, but it wasn't until my, my best friend and roommate, she was being discipled by somebody. I noticed that she was growing like exponentially faster in her relationship with Jesus than I was. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to grow in my relationship with Jesus of it, the fruit of peace and joy and love and all of that. And so then I asked uh, a girl named Jane to disciple me, uh, changed my life. It transforms my life. Uh, she wasn't a counselor. You know, I mean, I came in with a lot of mental health issues. She wasn't a counselor. She didn't try to counsel me through those things, but she helped me get to know Jesus and uh, learning how to hear from Jesus on my own and have a relationship with him. Like that's what has transformed my life. That has nothing has transformed my life more than knowing Jesus. And so like, you know, slowly without even trying, I mean, I've tried to like, just stop sinning or I've tried to just eat, or I've tried to just stop being depressed. I tried that, you know, for years at that point, but without even trying by the end of that year of being discipled, I noticed I had experienced freedom from my eating disorders, which my parents were like, you're never going to be free from this, you know, or, or my depression or all, all of these things. I started experiencing freedom just from walking with Jesus. And that captured my heart, like for disciple making like, this disciple making thing works. Do you, do you know, like you can have a relationship with Jesus and it'll transform your life. Like, you don't, it's not just knowing about him, but you can like talk to him, you know? So that was like, so mind, yeah, mind blowing yeah. to me. So yeah, I, I, I think what was so compelling is that God could even use someone like me, like that mess of a girl to also make disciples. Like he wants to, that's crazy. So I, I've been hooked on disciple making ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's, it's so true. I've had uh, the honor of having people disciple me over the years. I look, I tell the church that I lead all the time that much of the fruit that they see in me is not the product of me just working hard to try to become mature, but it's actually godly people passing on the faith mm -hmm. and, uh, and shaping me. So you could, you might say like, it's in some ways like the secret ingredient, but unfortunately it is somewhat of a secret, right? Yeah. That for many, many Christians and many churches, it's like the missing thing that yes. they're doing all the other stuff, right? They're reading the Bible, they're going mm -hmm. to church, they're maybe even doing the typical serve, give, attend, you know, the things yeah. that churches <laughs> want them to do, yeah. but there's not really disciple making happening. So mm -hmm. what were just like, lay it out. What are, when we talk about disciple making, what were the things that, uh, that mentor did with you? And what are the things that you try to do just in a really basic sense? You know, it's going to look different for maybe every, you know, every, every person and what making a disciple looks like, but what, what was like a typical meeting? Like, what are the kind of things that, that you would do in those situations? Well, I remember early on what she did was she came over to my house uh, or my, my apartment. I was in college at the time every morning at 6 a.m. for a week just to read the Bible and have a quiet time with me, just to get me in the habit of getting in the word regularly as she modeled it for me like okay you know what do you see from this passage about god okay what do we want to pray back to god as a response how do you want to live this out during the day and, and i remember that was 
just that foundation of of seeing the importance of getting into the word every single day and having a conversation with God, talking to God about what he is talking to me about through his word. Uh, that was so simple. It was so foundational and it is basically the foundation of everything that I do when I am discipling other women is getting them in the word, helping them learn to hear from God for themselves. Because, you know, Jane, she was in my life for like four years and then she, you know, we're not like living around each other or we're walking together anymore. But, but the foundation that she instilled in me to hear from God for myself, that will go with me wherever. And so I want that for those who I'm discipling is to give them the ability uh, to strengthen their muscles, to hear from God for themselves. That's awesome. So discipled by Jane, uh, involved in the navigators, eventually became a leader in the navigators, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then tell me how the the book came about. And is did you, you know, want to be an author? And or was it something that <laughs> people approach you. Cause I, I really enjoyed the book. I think you did an awesome job, but it also Thank has you. this unique element of there's Barna research involved. And mm -hmm. Just tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, how the book came into being. Yeah. Well, uh, the navigators commissioned the Barna group, which is a Christian research firm to conduct this study on the state of disciple making in the American church, big C church, not like churches, but Big right, C right. body of Christ. Uh, and, and they asked Nav Press if they would find an author to write a book using this research to help equip and empower everyday men and women to make disciples. Because one of the really interesting things about the research is that they're finding a lot of people, uh, only 30% of American Christians uh, are interested in discipling and are discipling. Only 20% have been discipled. So that's really pretty low. That's pretty sobering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so the navigators are thinking since we are an organization that majors on disciple making, how can we help other people? We need to know where we're at, AKA the research, and then we need to equip people. And so this, this book was meant to be, uh, an, a way of equipping the everyday person to make disciples. And uh, so I, I know the publisher, he was the editor back then. And, and, you know, since I lead this leader development thing, people always come like, Hey, do you have any leaders who could do this or who have these skills or whatever, you know? And so he emailed me, he's like, Hey, do you, do you know any leaders who fit this profile, but also your name came up. And so if you want to consider it, you can totally throw your name in for consideration. Like I've always wanted to be an author. I kind of given up on that dream, but it was interesting. This idea um, His one of his parameters was can nerd out on research a little bit. And I, I can definitely nerd out on research. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, you know, when I told him, yeah, like there are these names, but I, I think I'd be interested. He's like, okay, well, if you're interested, let's just stop here and let's chat, have a conversation and see maybe if this is a direction that we could go. And that's how this was birthed, this, this book collaboration with Barna and with Navpress. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So did you, did you get the, you know, the Barna research and, you know, obviously you've been discipled, you disciple people, you know, and it's just like, Hey, try to integrate your own experience and knowledge about disciple making and, you know, present, present the numbers as well. Right. Was that, mm -hmm. you know, what was that process like in trying to I guess, sy synthesize all of, you know, geek geeking out on the, yes. the research and then, 
try to help someone who's maybe, you know, in that 80% who has no experience at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe they get asked by someone at their church to mentor them. And they're like, uh, you know, how do I, how do I do that? Right. So Why what was I that? Yeah. What was that like? in in, you know, synthesizing, bringing those two kind of things together. Oh man. I had like a hundred pages of printouts from, of the Barna research that I was combing through in the beginning. It was like papers all over my desk. I think I, I looked like a crazy person, you know, with the big post-it notes on the wall and like yeah, strings yeah. that attach, you know? And so definitely the first part was pouring over the data, trying to make sense of it, trying to identify. I'm also, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so one of the ways I'm naturally bent and how I look at things is like, how do I diagnose what's going on? And so really part of the uh, synthesizing the data was trying to figure out and diagnose where have we as the American big C church gone astray from this calling for all of Jesus's followers to go and make disciples of all nations. It was really, really interesting. It was really fascinating um, how, how it was broken up, but yeah, it, it was a lot of pouring in making sense of things, remaking sense of things. Uh, and you know, the actual how to that, that's, that's the easy part. You know, that that's what I've been doing in my work for 20 ish years, you know? So, so that, that part's the easy part. It's the like, okay, how do I diagnose it and explain it in a way that, uh, helps to inform the work of church leaders, you know, to give them targeted areas of focus for their disciple making to speak into, um, and then also equip just very simply somebody who might be very new on their disciple making journey. So you got to range. Yeah. It's, it's a, a tricky range, but I think we, we hit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was there anything about, uh, the Barna research that when you're sitting there looking at all the, you know, the reports and the numbers, was there anything that, I would say, especially surprised you or that you felt like you were getting closer to that, like being able to diagnose. No, I think this is where the problem's at. Like when you're looking at that, that specific question or that specific statistic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. There definitely was, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of the, um, confusion with disciple making, it is just in the words, disciple making discipleship right. disciple i think people don't really know what we're talking about when we're talking about disciple making like we've heard the terms but we haven't really defined them or it's not very clear so one of the questions was do you believe that it is your responsibility as a follower of jesus to make disciples and like 80 percent said no i don't believe that's my responsibility yikes but yeah, when you yeah. flip the question around it and and you're asking like do you believe that it is your responsibility as a follower of Christ to pass on what you have learned about your walk with Jesus to somebody else? 80% said yes. So yeah, you, wow. it, it's just, I think a familiarity with terms issue is one of the points, you know, one of the di diagnostic points is I think people, a lot of people, I would bet are discipling. They just don't know that what they're doing is discipleship, you know? Uh, and, and so I think helping followers of Jesus in the church know what these like really non-concrete abstract terms are will, will help with like, Oh, that is what I'm doing. I am making disciples. I am helping somebody learn how to have a relationship with Jesus. I am helping somebody with their walk with, with Christ. 
Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think of it like, you know, there probably are people who, who they kind of understand. I mean, especially the Holy spirit is living mm-hmm. within them, you know, moving them towards, you know, sharing their faith or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, furthering the kingdom. They're going to be, you know, drawn towards, you know, passing on their faith to others or helping someone else yeah. grow. But maybe it's a little bit more accidental discipleship versus mm-hmm. really, yeah. really intentional. Like I'm going to meet with you for this amount of time. Here's what yeah. we're doing. Let's set you, let's define it. Let's set some goals even. Yeah. And just think about someone who is accidentally, you know, in shape because they happen to walk, <laughs> you know, a lot of steps each day, just in their work. <laughs> Versus someone who's like, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to mm-hmm. go to the gym. I'm going to eat these things. You know, it's like, imagine how much yeah. more growth, you know, our churches oh, would yeah. see, not just not growth numerically necessarily, although that, that might be a result, but just depth mm-hmm. in our faith yes. if there was intentional discipleship. So uh, for you, just, you know, yeah. as you're thinking through this and have thought through this, um, this topic a lot. What would you say to a church leader hmm. to help build a better culture in oh, their church? Such a good question. Mm-hmm. Or disciple making. Yeah, it is such a good question. I mean, I think that discipleship has to start with the church leaders. Are church leaders being discipled? Are church leaders discipling? Are they talking about the people who they're discipling? Are I'm not yeah. like yeah, are, are they sharing how discipling is going? You know, earlier you talked about the different parts of a Christian walk. You know, there's like, did you get in the word? Did you pray? And I think that right. there's something about like how we talk about disciple making that can bring it into the fold of the culture, creating a disciple making culture. Did you read your Bible today? Did you, did you, how's it going with the person who you're discipling? Like, it's just an assumed part of our walk with Jesus, because it is supposed to be, if we're followers of Jesus, then we're going to imitate his life. His life was devoted to making disciples for himself. That should be a part of the Christian life. You know, we, we kind of limit it to what we do within ourselves, but, but we, we, we are including discipleship as part of this, this, this life, you know, this Christian walk with Jesus. And so I think the more that Christian leaders can talk about and infuse and bring in examples of discipleship and disciple making into their, uh, their messages their sermons, their everyday conversations, how they are as they keeping their people accountable, things like that. I think that's where this culture begins to shift and it becomes to be seen more as an expectation, not in a weighty way, uh, but, but I guess, you know, like, it's just what you do as a Christian, you know, we all know, like you read your Bible as a Christian, you pray as a Christian. And so it becomes what you do. You disciple as a Christian. Yeah, for sure. I remember, uh, you know, I've just been preaching about disciple making more. I think our church is in a position where there's mature disciples, but just want to unleash more disciple makers, Mm -hmm. people actually doing it. And I started off a sermon by just saying, you know, I've, you know, here, I've discipled this many people, I've been discipled, but like, here's the people I've been discipled by. And you probably have never heard this because it's not necessarily what I'm paid to do as a pastor, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, those are like the, you know, it's not necessarily like the extra credit, but it's like the behind the scenes 
Like no one sees that I, you know, wake up at 6.30 a.m. on Mondays mm-hmm. uh, or I'm at a coffee shop at 6.30 a.m. on Mondays with a group of guys. It's yeah. just, it, in some ways, it's almost awkward to like bring their names up in a sermon, and, right. you know, yeah. because they're they're there. They go to the church, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that would be so helpful is if just we talked more about it, define the terms, put mm-hmm. some, you know, put some labels on some of that yeah, sort absolutely. of stuff. What would you say to the person who has tried making a disciple, maybe mentoring someone, or maybe even leading a small group, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's, there's different ways, Mm -hmm. but they felt like I'm not very good at this or it didn't go very well. I know that's one of the major hesitations people have is (laughs) like, what if I mess it? What if I mess it? I screw someone's life up or whatever. What would you say to that person who's either has that fear Uh or maybe they, they have tried and it, the person they discipled that, you know, it, yeah. it didn't, you know, work, work out like they had, they had planned it. What would you say to that person? Oh man. The first thing that came to mind, I am in toddler world. So a Daniel tiger song, keep trying uh, and you'll get better. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Daniel tiger for the win. Yes. yes. Keep trying, keep trying and you'll get better. You know, one of the things that one of the data points was that people, they, they believe disciple making is a job of a pastor or somebody in full-time ministry and not for the everyday person. And, and also uh, the data reveals that a big hesitation that people have is that they don't feel confident enough. They don't know that they have what it takes. And and I think just what I would say is we all start somewhere. We all start somewhere, just start. And, and like you, like, I hope that you receive this, (laughs) like general you out there, but, but you, you are not, um, like powerful enough to completely mess up somebody's life. (laughs) God's grace is so great and so much bigger. And you're doing this with God. You know, he said, you know, in the great commission, and I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a work that you are partnering with God and the Holy spirit in It, it is not just up to you. I think that that's, it's kind of like parenting, you know, where there's some days where you're like, I don't know how that landed. I don't know, yeah. you know, if he's not going to be a sociopath when he grows up old, <laughs> you know, the toddler or what you like, there are some days really, like, I don't know if what I shared spiritual principles that I shared or how I leaned in, I don't know if that landed. Okay. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you that your word does not return to you empty and that it will accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it. Um, for good. I'm going to trust in you with that. And so I feel like discipleship entering into disciple making relationships, it, it, it makes us feel there's a lot of uncertainty there and we don't like the uncertainty. It makes us feel really exposed and really vulnerable and like not on steady ground. But, but I think that's where faith comes in. That's where God shows up and multiplies our work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, I love what you shared. I hope people would be encouraged by that. In a, in a negative sense, one, one thing I always try to try to remember is like, even Jesus had Judas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, this, it's not like he was messing up when he uh-huh. was discipling, you know, the 12, he was yeah. doing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And there's always just that element of there's no guarantees. We got to trust God with the growth mm-hmm. and sometimes even trust God in the situations where yeah. people 
you know, maybe you didn't even give that person the right advice or you modeled prayer well yeah. with, you know, when you prayed with them, mm -hmm. but they just, there's that, that element of just trusting God and not trying to, to maintain control. Yeah. So, or even you think about Peter, even Peter, when he was with Jesus, right. like one of his inner three, like how often he messed things up, how he still messed things up. Like afterwards, I take a lot of comfort. Peter comforts me because I, I, I feel his same impulsivity um, in my life. But yeah, like even after uh, Jesus ascended, you know, he's he's one of the rocks of, of the church. And, you know, he he slipped back into falling under the yoke of slavery with, with, uh, the, the Jews and stuff. So, so I think there, the, the goal isn't perfection in a disciple. It, it is coming back to grace over and over and over again. That's good. Very cool. Well, one of the things I love about, uh, your book, Alice is the subtitle disciple making made simple. <laughs> and uh anything with the word simple in it by the way i'm a, i'm a fan of i think sometimes we overcomplicate things and, oh, and yes. all of that um but one of, one of the things i would wonder is just how can we get more everyday people um mm. involved you know i think that is one of the the hesitations you know that that you mentioned oh it's the pastor's job to disciple everyone but you know, Jesus is pretty clear in the great commission that, yes. you know, it's for all of us to go make disciples. So, uh, what would you, what, what do you think we should do to get more just like normal people, ordinary people, everyday, you know, everyday disciple makers? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing we can do is to keep hammering home the great commission. Yeah. I, there was another Barna study, a separate Barna study that was conducted. I, I forget what, what the number was, but it was pretty sobering people's familiarity with the great commission Right. that what it is and that it is for all followers of Jesus. So I think as much as we can talk about the great commission, the, the better, the better. Um, but I think another easy way is to bring somebody along with you. If everybody brought somebody along with them to a discipling meeting, they could see, oh, it's really not so scary. You know, like yeah. the, he, Alice is just sharing her quiet time. That's it. You know, they're just reading a passage together, talking about what it could mean. She's passing on a tool. That's it. That's it. You know, it's it's not a big daunting like five point sermon that I have. It's it's gathering together and communing with Jesus together. So I think a lot of people are scared because they haven't experienced it. Remember, twenty percent have only experienced it, uh, and so as much as we can get people into experience it, I mean, I think more of what I do in my discipling relationships is it's it's more about the vibe that people are catching like oh this is discipleship is meeting with somebody getting in the word praying with them and and teaching like i don't know showing them different facets of what you already know about your relationship with god i'm i'm guessing if people are attending service the everyday person they have a relationship with god what are you doing in your relationship with god you know and uh show somebody else what you're doing, invite somebody else into what you're doing with your relationship with God. That's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I think that you do really well in the book is helping break down the barriers that people have. One of the, one of the ideas was it's okay to have a trial period. Like you don't, yeah. you know, 
you can say, Hey, let's meet together a couple times, you know, with someone that mm-hmm. either asked you to disciple them or that you're interested in, in pouring into. And it's okay to like say, Hey, I think I'm too busy or I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also having an end period, right? Like it's okay for there to be a, I don't know if I could commit to discipling this person for ever, but mm-hmm. maybe for three months, maybe for six months. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, th- and those are just super helpful, practical, uh, uh, things, because I think just, just anything that we can do to take something that first of all, people aren't familiar with and don't know what it is, but then just to bring it real, bring it down to earth. That's a, that's an awesome tip to like, ask, you know, ask someone, Hey, you, would you want to join me in my, my mentorship or my discipleship meeting that I'm going to do next week, just to give mm-hmm. them a taste of, of what it is. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, one of the questions I have here just at the end is you've got just a bunch of, you know, people listening to this podcast, uh, possible church leaders, either volunteer or on staff, what would be, I guess, one final thought or message, maybe a challenge or an encouragement, uh, to the leaders who are listening to this podcast. Oh my goodness. Only one. Oh no, this is so hard. I'm an ENFP. Too many ideas in my head. <laughs> Just throw it. You can throw whatever one's out there. Doesn't doesn't have to be one. Oh man. I think what I would say is more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. Does your life reflect this disciple making that Jesus has called us to? Does it, does it, are, are you, are you actively intentionally trying to help somebody know Jesus so that they can eventually get to this place where they're help, they can help somebody else get to know Jesus. And then we can see this ripple out effect of people helping people, uh, learn how to have a relationship with Jesus. You don't need to have all the knowledge or have all the theological background or training or anything. You just need to be a couple steps ahead, even one step ahead from the person who you're discipling, you know? So I I think more is caught than taught, just invest in someone and, and people will catch that. Those who you are leading in the church, they will catch that, you know, I'm sure that your, um, your confidence catch Josh, that you, that, that, you know, when you share, like I woke up at six 30 to, to meet with some people like that's, that's, I don't see that as part of my job. That's me living out what Jesus has called me to as a follower of him, not as a pastor for him, you know? Uh, so I think more is caught than taught. Are you living out and modeling the life style of disciple making that you want your people to have. And honestly, I think at, from that point that that's, that's where we see this ripple out effect where it starts to like change the world around us. You know, it starts to change the individual lives. Like the, the person's life is transformed and that transforms like their families, you know, that because as they change, their families start to change and shift and, and uh, morph, you know, around the transform, which impacts, I don't know, the communities that they're in. It's just a whole ripple out effect of people becoming more like Jesus when we're faithful to invest in the one. And, and so I think also casting vision for what could God do through the one, what could God do through the one? This is the God who multiplied to abundance, overflowing abundance, the meager offerings of a a little boy with 
a few fish and some loaves. He multiplied it so that there was still more left over at the end. And so what could God do if you just invested in one? If that's all you had to offer, if that's all you could do, I still think he could he could multiply it to abundance. He could do something incredible because he's the God of abundance. He's not a God yeah. of scarcity. Yeah, for sure. I think it, I think it is the opening line of the book. You can always disciple. You can always disciple one person. One yep. person. Yeah. And I, I, that's so encouraging because we can't do it all right. Yeah. You know, we, I, I love the, the ambitious, how to save the world and so many yeah. things. Oh, is it all on me? I have to save the whole world, but really it goes back to every one of us doing that that disciple making work that God has called each of us to, which is at the end of the day, decide parents discipling their kids, mm -hmm. discipling that one person that God has put in your path that he's put in your life for yeah. however long that is, it won't be forever. It might just be a season, mm -hmm. but eventually God's going to multiply. There's going to be a spiritual generations and a harvest. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful vision. Where would someone learn more if they want, if they're interested in the book, obviously, but if they want to learn more about the book or about you, uh, where's the best place to look for that stuff? Yeah, you can find me. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook at Alice Matagora. And you, it's, uh, I'm also I have a website, alicematagora.com. You can find the book on Amazon, wherever you buy your books. Um, but yeah, you can connect. I'm decent at responding. You might need to harass me a couple of times, but I'm decent at, at responding. Having children has definitely slowed down my response time for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I encourage people to check out the book, How to Save the World by Alice Matagora. Awesome resource for just an introductory conversation on disciple making. I think it is, it's a book that I would recommend to anyone who finds himself in that position of uh, beginning the journey of, you know, mentoring someone, even leading a small group in your church, but they're not quite sure what to do to help others grow. Uh, thanks a ton for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. Thanks for listening to the City Network Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, join the discussion on our Facebook group at thecitynetwork.org slash group. Or sign up at the website to subscribe to updates from our blog and podcast.